Today on the Shrewd Dudes Podcast, we're going to talk about Roe v. Wade. Is it going to be overturned? Is it a good, a bad decision? We'll break that down. Then we're going to talk about Australia. Should we invade it? Is it that time yet? Should we just, should we go there and just be like, you're no longer a democracy, we're going to take you out. That's right. Then finally, in our Douche of the Week segment... We're going to address the Mad Money host himself and how he is openly advocating for martial law on the unvaccinated. Emphasis on mad. Yeah. (laughs) Emphasis on mad. All of that and more on the Shrewd Dudes podcast. Okay, okay, okay. All right, yeah. another Thursday. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because we really have nothing else aside from our main segments. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time we've ever done that. Where that we have like no we extra can, stories. Like, just go nuts. So great. Seriously, because okay, we should be like we have... pushing the fact that we can go nuts right at the beginning. No, but yes, good. we are likely going to go nuts. Yes, because the thing is, normally we have to cut every segment short because we have, like, you know... Time constraints. Yeah, time constraints. So, like, this time, it's like, oh, now we can really, uh, really, like, you know, take our time, just really, like, lay out all our thoughts, you know, everything. It's great. Come on, Steven. Come on, get in the spirit. There you go. Get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, before we break down all of this stuff and get into our first satirical article... How are you doing, Senior Sweetness? Ah, doing lovely. Today was a solo day, and um, you know what? I'm just really like I'm I'm really grateful for opportunities like this to like you know talk about things like this. I talked to a couple guys at work today, and uh, it's amazing. Again, amazing how much stuff they don't know. Oh, I know. So it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was actually funny because I was talking to my one coworker mm-hmm. who I had talked about on Tuesday on the show, and he's like, "Do you mention me on the show?" And I'm like, "Well, not by name." But I did talk about how you didn't know anything about the Rittenhouse story. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, I didn't know anything. And I'm like, yeah. And then I kind of break down about all this stuff. And he's like, huh, neat. And I'm like, yeah, it is. You're on a podcast. You're famous, bro. Yeah, famous, but with no name. And it's just like co-worker Mm -hmm. of Salty Steve. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I I looked at the, um, I was looking at the louder with Crowder, like the. How many mm-hmm. views they have? And I was like, oh, they got a lot of views. That's a lot of views. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, about the, the, the way that uh, the show works, it's, it's a, it is a labor of love. Like, yes, I, it I don't is. Know. Like, you know, it's, it is. I love doing it. You love doing it. It's something I just enjoy. I look forward to. Yeah. And it's still very, like, practical. Like, there's so many things that. Well, and we, um, we still get, like, we certainly do not get much views on YouTube. Because we barely post anything on YouTube because most of our content is not YouTube friendly. But, like, if I was to put down all of our views between all of our platforms, we would be close to 100,000 total since we started this. Yeah. Which is kind of cool Pretty for a show that yeah. came from nothing a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, you know, like, uh, uh, like all the other major shows, um, they, they tend to post our content usually on one platform. 
Mm-hmm. And so everything's confined into one place. Yeah. Whereas because we have to put we post on so many different places, um, it, it gets divided. Yeah, <laughs> so, divide and conquer, yeah. which like it does it does mean that we branch out and all of our different platforms are generating more and more intrigue. Mm-hmm. Like Rumble a month ago was getting nothing, and now we get at least a couple views on most videos. So it's it's just a matter of like getting the traction and BitChute, we get like five subscribers a week. Yeah, and Rumble is interesting because Rumble uh, just uh, I found out today that they have now gone public, so they're mm-hmm. going to be yeah. going um, uh, publicly traded. So it's it's getting to be a fairly good competitor yeah. to YouTube. So I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that we do good on BitChute. Uh, isn't too surprising because Bishu's fairly small and not terribly super known. Uh, yeah. No, not Bishu, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but Bishu, we're also getting a decent amount of traction and yeah, all that. Are. But that's also a alternative kind of video site. So yeah. that's kind of popular stuff anyway. So yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of excited, let's talk about the fun first story. The Actually, fun like first thing. story called yeah, This Week fun. in Satire. Yeah. So in This Week in Satire... At the SCOTUS abortion hearing, Biden administration called expert witness Satan. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is going to sound really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, you haven't shared your screen. <laughs> I just realized that. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't see anything. There we go. <laughs> all right. Everybody sees the ins and outs of how we do our stuff, but that's all right. Okay. Thank you. Not a problem. All right. <laughs> So it scored us abortion hearing. I already said that. In a bold yet unsurprising move, the Biden administration presented the case in favor of abortion by calling their first expert witness Satan. <laughs> That's this this reminds me too much of the Simpsons episode where like, you know, like Homer like is debating uh, on 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 trial for his soul and he, and Satan invites like the most like, you know, crazy people. I'm like, yeah, yeah this, this sounds legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so your honors, we would like to call our first expert witness to the stand, the father of lies, said the administration's head attorney over baby murder, Lloyd Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> the great Red Dragon's experience as a consultant with some of the most heinous and barbaric civilizations makes him more than qualified to give us an expert opinion on the matter of abortion. He does know stuff. Mm-hmm. So some Supreme Court justices appeared uncomfortable as the angel of the bottomless pit took the stand wearing a tailored suit and filling the courtroom with malevolent odors of sulfur and brimstone, but Justice Sotomayor seemed fine. Hey, we're still on for coffee this week. for uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Our weekly consultation? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Where you advise me on how to make my decisions in the court? Right. Thank you for that, uh, you know, that helpful advice last week, you know? Yeah, really she's really basically, good. like, he's basically her counselor. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. She like uses crypt notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Responding to the question of whether a fetus was a living being, Beelzebub replied with a protracted speech in a silky smooth voice, weaving through notions of heartbeats, cell division, statistics, historical precedent, the basic human rights of having successful careers, and lifestyle convenience. By the end of Satan's effusion on worldly justifications for destroying an innocent life, nearly everyone in the courtroom was nodding along in agreement, eyes fully glazed over. Uh, like Justice Amy Coney Bird then stood cast the adversary back into the eternal pits of hell, and then went back to her knitting. <laughs> My goodness. Like, if that actually happened, like, I'm just waiting for Coney Barrett to actually, like, stand up for her beliefs and be pro-life. Yeah. 
Like, so far, we haven't seen Coney Barrett really be a strong defender of the Constitution, and we'll see if she stands by, stands firm to her pro-life principles. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, if she actually becomes what all conservatives hope her to be, mm-hmm. then she can be an awesome judge. Can you imagine, like, just for a second, if, uh, like, you know, like, for, for the last while, for the last, uh, mm-hmm. ever since she got appointed... Like, people have been, like, you know, really disappointed with her and with Kavanaugh. Mm, yeah. And, like, you know, like, uh, so even, like, uh, even uh, Ben Shapiro was saying yep. that, like, you know, okay, there's basically three guys that are a pretty solid bet for uh, Roe v. Wade, like, you yep. know, overturning it. It's, like, Clarence Thomas, uh, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch, even though he's got one bad decision. Mm. For the most part, fairly consistent. Fairly good, yeah. But, like, Amy Coney Barrett. Now, imagine for a second if, like, Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh have been like playing it cool this whole time, yep. and suddenly they get this sort of opportunity, and they're like, they like come up with a decision. And they're like, "Aha! Fooled you all, you pro-choice fools!" We're all now we actually get- conservatives. <laughs> da, da, da. That's right. We're fully conservative. How'd you going? Boom. Yeah. And then drop like they actually like buy a mic, you know, even though it's not plugged in, just drop it, you know, in front of the court. Yeah, that'd be fun. And just be like having that. the insides of their suits or like the inside <laughs> of their robe lined with all the states that have like the. The trigger laws that come <laughs> yeah, into effect right. to be like, this is safe harbor, no ladies. <laughs> no Everybody gets no abortion. Put on their Make America Great hats, you know, it's like just have Amen. a party. Amen. <laughs> celebrate. Celebrate. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, I was telling Steph about the whole decision that's coming up. And she's like, how many lives do you think, like, if they actually decide against this, how many lives do you think will be saved? And I'm like, I would say, I would estimate it'd be about 100 to 150,000 lives a year if it's overturned. Yep. And I'm like, that is a really good thing. That's a lot of good things. But unfortunately, as we go into our shrewd check, we're going to talk about some people who are more in line with the devil. So, getting into our shoot track? Set it up, bro. Yeah, alright, I'm gonna set it up. Set it up. So, here we go. Okay. The best part is that even though I can't hear it on my end, I can still hear it in my head. Bow, I'm like, yeah. Bow. Yeah, because I'm the one that I'm the one that designed that thing. You know, yeah, I was like, you were. I like that. I really, really, it just it just works. I still okay. think you should do just for just for a note um, for the rant of the week. Mm-hmm. I still think you should do the Captain Picard one. I'm like, that is so cool. Come on, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll more. talk about that. It's it's all depending on, of course, legality. Well, come on, they haven't like touched the. Uh, that song because it's too short a clip. I think that that'll be the same for that. Yeah, one. that is it. It has been too short, so we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Right, but sure. so, I think for this video, just because it's nine minutes and forty seconds long, what I think we might do is we're gonna just go through most of the, the video whole thing in entirety. Yeah, first yeah, we're gonna go for sections. Yeah. So, what's the first section we want to do? Um. Let, let you know what. I think you should just start from the beginning because he's going to introduce it. Okay. And then we can go through every single. So, uh, give us. Uh, do you want to give the background? Do you want me to give the background? Okay. Well, we already know that 
because of this law in Mississippi where they're challenging abortion at 15 weeks, this is coming towards the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has the ability to potentially overturn Roe v. Wade with this decision. Mm-hmm. And Roe v. Wade, if it is overturned, will return the rights of abortion or the ability to have an abortion to the states, which will not make abortion illegal in the United States. What it will do is that it will turn it over to each of those individual states to dictate for themselves and use their own democratic Mm -hmm. jurisprudence Mm -hmm. to decide whether abortion is legal or at what point it becomes legal. And if it's overturned, there are 12 states which will immediately enact heartbeat bills or the like to heavily restrict the net amount of abortions that are possible within their state. Yeah. So the, the reason why this, um, this whole thing is such a big deal is because this is the first like major challenge that uh, has ever come to Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. since Casey versus um, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. In 1982. No, not 1992. Yeah, in 92. Yeah. It sounded like you said 82. Oh. Um, but, but anyway, so, so what happens is in this one, um, okay, obviously this, the Roe v. Wade is on the docket. Now, I've heard a lot of people. I, I remember listening to one of the major one of the major uh, pro life advocates uh, being interviewed about the case. A couple of things you need to know is that uh, it seems unlikely that the court is just going to uh, just going to the, uh, um, overturn the Mississippi. If they if they were going to do that, they would have done it without having to bring it into the court. The fact that they're bringing it into the court and actually having a full case on you know. it shows that there's more going on and that there may be more at stake here. Now, possible outcomes. You might get the, uh, you know, like the, at the best case scenario for most pro-lifers is that you might actually get Roe v. Roe v. Wade or, sorry, Roe v. Wade might be overturned entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might also get a second option, which they might. Uh, also, like- I'm just going to announce now if there if it is overturned, like Roe v. Wade live stream party. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was it's like, a big deal. That would be a huge <laughs> we've deal. We've been waiting decades yeah. for this. You know, you know what's interesting, actually. I'm not gonna. Uh, the uh, as part of the second option is uh, second option two is that they could actually uh, also uh, roll back um, Casey versus uh, Planned Parenthood. Parenthood. But I did not know this until I would listen to it today. That decision had a big impact on Ober- mm-hmm. Oberfeld, Obergefell. Oberg- I don't know. Obergefell. Yeah. Obergefell. Uh, the the decision that that uh, legalized homosexual uh, marriage. Legalized homosexual marriage. That one was based on a, a decision made in Casey versus um, yeah, Parenthood. Established precedent. Exactly. And uh, and actually, the other thing people don't know is that Casey versus uh, Planned Parenthood was a lot closer than people realized. It was mm-hmm. it was a one one vote decision, and the vote that would have like sealed the fate of Roe v. Wade was one judge or justice that was not appointed because the Democrats blocked him because they didn't like how he was so conservative. And the person that uh, they, they they put instead of him ended up being a total traitor, mm-hmm. and you know sided with the liberal judges and all that. So all right, well we have to start going through this video. Go for it, go for it. Yeah, come on. What's at stake here? Like 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 take us to the state by state story. What happens if the Supreme Court ends Roe versus Wade as we know it? How does that impact different kinds of states? And what would Congress be able to do if anything about it? Thanks a million, Jason, for having us this evening. First, uh, it will uh, really deny 
people's right to access an abortion, and it begins to actually erode and, t and uh, really uh, take away and end Roe versus Wade. Uh, hey, people have a right to make their own. Okay, right, so one, just one really quick thing. So we're going to kind of start and pause as we go. But uh, first of all, there's no right to an abortion. Nope. That that's that's pro-choice and propaganda language. Uh, not. Neither um, Roe v. Wade never established a right to abortion. All of a sudden, you have, you have a right to privacy, so so to speak. Which but they invented really. that right. It's not even a, it's not even a right in the Constitution. They invented a right to privacy, but that only protects the doctor, not the um, not not the uh, the mother or so 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 to speak, and all that. So when people say to an abortion, there's no such thing. That doesn't exist. The only reason why they can't um, prohibit abortions is because of the whole privacy. You know, I, ideology behind Roe v. Wade. It's a very terribly mm -hmm. written. Just thought I'd, I should mention that. Go yep. Oh. Own healthcare decisions. People have a right to make their decisions as it relates to having an abortion or not. And so, what we're trying to do in Congress, and we passed in the House the Women's Health Protection Act, which would put into law finally abortion access and and also the right to a safe and legal abortion. You know, this is an issue also about equity and barriers. Low-income women, primarily women of color, people of color, uh, are denied access to the full range of reproductive health care, including abortion. And so yes, what we're seeing fair. now is in states... A couple things that she said. Uh, first of all, um, yeah, they're putting like, legislation and all that kind of stuff through the court, through their, uh, you know, through Congress and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't matter. If if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that legislation becomes null and void. Uh, anyways, but more importantly, this is a common tactic that they use. They try to suggest that oh, this is about poor and disadvantaged women. Yeah. The problem is, uh, Planned Parenthood and most of the abortion industry tends to target uh, poor, disadvantaged women on purpose because they want to reduce the Negro population. Which, not my words or not my statement, is Margaret Sanger, who was the founder original founder of Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. So the idea that uh, oh we're doing this for the poor disadvantaged women, mm -hmm. um, no, what they're doing is they they don't want to pay, they don't want to help those poor women. They just want the cheapest and fastest option, and they want to do it for selfish reasons. Really, that's really what what it's all about. They don't want to help people. They just want the problem to go away by eliminating it. You know, altogether. well they want they want a ra Planned Parenthood wants a rationale for getting five hundred million dollars in government funding every year. Which is ridiculous. That the American government still does that. Yeah, but I mean, continuing enough, like half of like half of the black population is is killed before they're born. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the, particularly the states, like there's yeah. like a full genocide of them. Oh yeah, in in New right. York, there are more black babies aborted than born every year. Ugh, this is a consistent terrible. statistic, and it's been this way for decades. Mm -hmm. But continuing on. Where where people can't afford uh, to exercise their constitutional right, we see them not being able to travel because they don't have the money, or for whatever reason, this is an issue around racism. It's an issue of equity, yes. and we have to fight to make sure that we pass the Women's Health Protection Act. It's in the Senate now, and so I hope everyone will call their senators to make sure that they move forward and pass this bill because this is a matter of life and death for so many people. Mostly the babies. <laughs> so, no. Cecile, I yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, they always, uh, the, well, if, you, if anybody, if anybody was actually intellectually honest, this is a matter of life and death for the babies. Yeah, because these are real. 
this, this is like the most basic thing about the mm-hmm. uh, pro-life position, babies, right? Yeah. Um, it's only but, a matter of, like, and you and I, you would know this statistic as well as I do. The clear majority, I think it's like 97 to 98% of all abortions are done for one reason, because it's convenient. Yeah. And, and I, I will add to that because one thing that they always do, and, and the, anybody who's a pro-life, uh, uh, outspoken a pro-life advocate, you know, this is always their, their, their approach. They always say, what about rape? What about, like, what about the tiny, small uh-huh. uh, proportion of, of Infinitesimal uh, people who are right? Percentage, yep. And that's what she did here because she said, like, well, these women are too poor. Too, uh-huh. They're too poor and too disadvantaged to travel. I'm like, yes, but the vast majority of the women that are, like, you know, affected by abortion or are supposedly going to lose it, uh, they're not. And I'm, almost, I'm not saying that, like, travel, like, you know, like, you should encourage people to travel across borders to to kill children. But um, but this is, like, what they do. They always... Should they try to find the victims, the oh these poor victims, so that they can sneak in the other like eighty to ninety percent of the convenience only abortions that they want to you know preserve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, are we skipping? Or are we just continuing? Yeah, you can on? go to um. Where are we right now? One. Go to one fifty one. That's when the um. Oh, the, this is the, like ten the... seconds past. So I want to play continue. you some sound. Uh, from a virtual event in Congress yesterday where they were talking about what the potential impact of this new Supreme Court uh, hearing and potential ruling could be. And I want to get your thoughts on the other side. This infringement on women's rights, on our privacy, on the attempt to have state control of our personal health really is what we would see in an authoritarian state. It's not what we would expect in New Hampshire. I think if you want to see a revolution, go ahead, outlaw Roe v. Wade, and see what the response is of the public, particularly young people. <laughs> Cecile, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think this? <laughs> well, well, of she, course, she, like she's that. trying to say, it's like, oh, this is the action of a totalitarian state, mm-hmm. simply because they want conservatives want to protect life. Mm-hmm. That is like the one action in which government is ultimately responsible is the government is ultimately responsible for protecting the lives of its citizens. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing where it's like, you are not totalitarian if you are acting in such a way by engaging in warfare, by engaging in policing, yeah. in actions, or in like removing a child from a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. These are all legitimate actions of government to protect and to save lives. And it's not the actions of a totalitarian state. The actions of a totalitarian state are actions like vaccine mandates. Where it's like, this has no verifiable difference, and yet we're going to push it anyway. <laughs> and and the lady actually made a... a <laughs> I always laugh when they put that. They, 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 get, they, they don't realize their own uh, incoherence. The lady uh, who spoke previously, um, she basically said, like, everyone has to write... To, to their own healthcare decisions. And I'm like, funny how the abortion mm-hmm. pro-choice like thing just goes out the window the second that 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 whole phrase applies to COVID and mandates. Yeah. But it, it totally applies to uh you know, to abortion. To killing a baby. Yeah, you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. It's like even though that isn't your body. But mm-hmm. you don't have the right to do whatever you want with your body because this, like, you know, not getting a vaccine could hurt others. 
It's like even though that's and the baby just... inside you, that's not gonna like it's you could see how dishonest oh, it's, they are. Yeah. It's completely dishonest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, let's go to Cecile. Cecile Richards. By the way, this is possible. Former... In... How serious is this? Well, I couldn't agree with Senator Shaheen more. This is um, anti-democratic. It's anti-American. Um, and as, as Congresswoman Lee said, there is a way to address this, and that is through federal legislation. I would note that um, in the it, when this was passed in the House of Representatives, and I really thank her for her leadership, not a single Republican member of Congress voted to protect uh, and support abortion access. And that's Good. really what we're looking at here is the Republican Party has been on uh, has been on an effort for the last several years to outlaw abortion. And like the one the one thing that the Republican Party has been consistent about, and that the one thing in which you're like, this has been the good aspect of the Republican Party. You look at the Republican Party versus the conservatives in Canada, the Republican Party dwarfs them on this aspect. Yeah. It's embarrassing. They've been consistently, like, you know, pro-life for a very long time. Yeah. And one but- little point where she says it's undemocratic to overrule Roe v. Wade. That's pretty much democracy right there. Yeah, no, it is democracy. Because it's not saying all abortions are illegal. It's saying it's up to the states. They can vote on it themselves. Now, of course, I wish that outlawing Roe v. Wade did outlaw abortions across the United States. Mm-hmm. But this will open the floodgates, That hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like that Texas abortion bill that was put into action in September did. Yeah. Like, we can only hope that this will open the floodgates even more. Yeah. So one, screw you, Cecile Richards. You are an evil hag. Li- yeah, one lie that uh, okay, I, I saw this in the. Uh, I had a, another potential uh, shrewd check. They they mentioned that they're basically the uh, they, they they're gonna lie to you because remember the media lies to you all the time. But they're gonna lie to you say that if Ro- if Roe v. Wade is scaled back, then abortion's illegal everywhere. People are gonna and like the the one lady. Well, this is we're on, gonna address this later on. There's... We are gonna talk about it, but basically, like. Don't give me the crap that it's going to outlaw all abortions. It's not. It's just going to look out. No. You know, it's just going to be a state issue. Now, right. um, well, well, hold I'm on, gonna... hold on. He's he's there, cowboy. He's there, cowboy. Um, now, so Seal Richards, um, yeah, it's it's basically trying to argue that uh, like you know, only legislation, the only people who who are allowed to to make any rules, whatever, about like you know, Roe v. Wade, are people in Congress, people who make laws. But this is a a See, the problem is they all, they like the courts when they work in their favor. But the second that the courts possibly might not work in their favor, then they suddenly become like, whoa, 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 hold on. The courts, you don't have to make any decisions. Only the only the people who make the laws get to make decisions because there is in their favor, right? And so I, I there's an inconsistency in the, in the way they approach this. The courts are like, you know, out of line if they risk the, the, their pet projects. But then they're perfectly legitimate when they affirm the projects like mm-hmm. o- Oberg, Obergfell uh, and, that, and how that legalized same-sex marriage. That was an overreach. A court should not be allowed to make legislation for the entire country. They're only tasked with finding out if if the legislation has gone too far. They're meant to be a check on power, not mm-hmm. a, a new source of power. Yeah. Right. Okay, continuing on. And what's happened now, after they put three members uh, onto the Supreme Court in a highly partisan way under Donald Trump, 
We now Good. have a we now have a Supreme Court that has refused to act on a Texas abortion ban that has now been in effect for nearly three months. Good. And literally, mm -hmm. this court has done nothing. Uh, this they can't. Is, the concern about this is widespread. It's far beyond Mississippi. It's far beyond Texas, because people around the country are realizing this could happen anywhere, and it could happen everywhere. Um, but make no mistake about it, um, this is a right that that people everywhere have, regardless of political party. No. What I don't think no, the Republican don't. Party understands is that more than 80 percent of Americans believe that the people who should make decisions about pregnancy are people who are pregnant, um, no. not the federal government, not politicians. And so the opportunity, uh, you know, in the in the voting booth and in, in the midterm elections to right these wrongs is going to be is going to be um, incredibly important. Uh, I'm so glad that this story is being covered because literally the rights that we have had in this country for nearly 50 years are at stake before the Supreme Court. No, I stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Donna. No, I'm going to. Yeah, no, just addressing this quickly. When she says 80% of people. She's she's being deliberately she's deliberately obscuring reality with this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to address this further on in another point, but mm -hmm. 80% of people are not pro-choice in the United States. Yep. I'm going to say that right off the bat, 80% of people are not pro-choice. It's basically a 50-50 split. Yep. And, so and these which whatever statistics term, she's giving are total bogus. Life. Oh, it gets way better. But yeah, I'll let you have your spiel and then we'll move on to this about the five minute mark where we get to this lady spewing more garbage. Don Edwards, yeah. So um, one thing that I, I find really interesting is the abortion debate, uh, whenever anybody who's ever done like abortion debates in person or online or anything like that, you know that the, the big the big question you have to like really get down to is what is it? You know, like, is it like a real life versus like, you know, something else? Because that's really what the whole issue comes around. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing I find really interesting about Cecile Richards is that she's arguing that, uh, like, you know, oh, my God, we've had this thing for this. This thing has been around forever. And, you know, like, you know, and, and we have a right to it. And they're trying to take away our trying right. to set like, the status quo. Yeah. The interesting thing is that people who really think about these things, you could see the parallels with slavery. It's mm -hmm. amazing to oh, me. It's like, like the parallels are very, very clear, very striking too. Like, like the idea that Dred Scott, the the decision that basically, like you know, solidified the idea that like blacks could not be citizens, that blacks are not persons, and all that, considered one of the worst decisions ever. That was like you know, like by by that point, slavery had been around even longer in the United States. It had been, I think, it had been around for like a hundred years at that point. Mm -hmm. uh and so like you know don't give me the don't give me the crap that like you know that oh it's been around for a long time we can't we can't risk it it's like no it's because you are like you know threatening real human being yeah. lives now whether or not they are willing to accept that they are they are like advocating for the killing and the murder of human lives it's irrelevant mm -hmm. just like you were you weren't asking around like in the 50s or in the 1850s, whether or not, like, you know, uh, pro-slavery people were going to be, like, okay with, like, you know, like, oh, look, look, you know, these are real people. It's like, no, you're not going to get them to that point. And sadly, I think this is what's going to happen. The same thing is going to happen where people are so convinced, so dug in on their idea that they have a right to to own and control and 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 decide the, the fate of another human being that 
you you come to an impasse, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we're at. That's that's where people are at. Yeah. Okay, we gotta keep going because otherwise this will be a forty minute video. Well, well, but now I'm I, I have to be my usual somewhat cynical self. I hear that if the Supreme Court outlaws Roe versus Wade or makes it essentially ineffective as law, that there will be a revolution at the polling place, that this will galvanize men and women, especially women, especially white women, to vote against the Republican Party. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. The Republicans have been singing this same song for, for in a very serious way, certainly in the last four years, but the last 20, it doesn't seem to have had that much of an impact on voting. Looking at what this case could do, do you believe that if the Supreme Court ends Roe versus Wade, that we'll actually see an impact on that in a negative way for conservatives in the ballot box next year? Well, Jason, here's what we do know is that an overwhelming majority of the American people believe that women should have a right to make a decision about an abortion because it's their body and their right. False. And we know that is true across demographic groups. We know that it is true um, no matter the age and income levels. And so um, I do think... Okay, I'm just going to address this quickly. And I talked about it briefly before. So they say 60% for upholding, 27% for overturning. They don't mention that a couple years ago there was a Gallup poll where they actually asked people, do you know what Roe v. Wade is about? And 25% did not know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. I've never heard of it. And so if you ask a group of random people, oh, do you want to uphold this Supreme Court decision or do you want to overturn it? If they don't know what it's about, they're always going to typically favor saying the Supreme Court knows more about the legal system than I do. Even if you ask them, what would you uphold Dred Scott, one of the worst, probably the worst decision... Of, of the United States Supreme Court in history, and you ask them, well, would you have overturned it? Or were you, like, would you overturn it or you uphold it? And you would probably have the majority of people that don't know say, I want to uphold it. And then once they revealed what it is, they'd be like, oh my gosh. Like, let's be really honest. There's a vote in Gallup polls that have been conducted for the past 30 years, since the early 90s, the pro-life and pro-choice rates are now about 50%. In the 90s, it was like 65 to 70% pro-choice and 35% pro-life. Like, this is the numbers, and this is how the amount has shifted in the past 20 to 30 years. Pro-life has gained significant ground. And this is why this is possible now. This is why the possibility of overturning this horrible decision is possible. But this woman is just too obtuse to notice. Yeah, just to be clear, dude, like, you know, this decision is not just horrible morally. It's also a very poorly written decision. Mm -hmm. Like, legal experts agree on, like, the, like, even even Ruth Bader Ginsburg talked about how, what a terribly, like, done legally, like, speaking. uh, And she agreed with abortion. Yeah. And and finally, like, abortion laws and what what a Supreme Court does should not be based on public polling. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't give a crap. No, you can, you can have, uh, you can have, a, like, you can say ninety percent of people want to uphold it. I don't give a crap. No, like, you know, it, it has to well, be. Well, the majority of people wanted to support slavery. Yeah, majority of the people in the like, you look back at the no. story of William Wilberforce. William Wilberforce struggled immensely to get votes to over to criminalize slavery. 
Yeah. It took him years to do it, and he had to kind of use a surreptitious way to do it. But now it's like, oh my gosh, how did we allow slavery to happen? We can hope and we can pray that people look back on abortion and have the same ideology. Say, oh my gosh, how did we allow this to happen? Yeah. And same with women's voting. That that mm-hmm. was not popular at the time, but they got it. Yeah. Yeah. So popularity doesn't mean jack crap. Moving on. <laughs> that over generations, there has never been a greater threat to... I'm actually just going to skip ahead. When abortion uh, it was not a part of women's health care they could get access to, do you think things could get that dire that quickly in this country again if the Supreme Court does what we all expect them to try to do with the current 6-3 rulings in favor of, of conservatives? Jason, uh, you know, people make these grueling decisions. This was a terrible, hard heart-wrenching decision that I had to make um, at age um, 16. And let me tell you, uh, this was way before Roe versus Wade. And what I worry about and what I think everyone is concerned about is a return to unsafe abortions. And so what we're fighting for is to make abortions safe, to make them legal, to make them accessible, and to make sure that everyone, regardless of their income, regardless of their background, have access to safe and legal abortions. And that's why we're working, and I'm really proud to say that we have... Okay, a- enough of this crap. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'm, can I, can I, all right, you go first. You go first. first? Okay, uh, and then I'll let you go. Um, let's put this in perspective. What is she talking about? She's talking about the right... Like, she's like, I had to, like, struggle and go really far in order to kill my child because my child was an inconvenience to me. Yeah. I was really committed, but I want I want I want to make sure that we have the ability to make sure that if you if you want to have your child murdered that you can do it safely. That's that's what they're saying. Imagine like you know like suggesting that we want uh, hum- we want to make it easier to to do human trafficking. Human trafficking right now is so dangerous, and a lot of the kids die on on route, and sometimes they're subjected to all sorts of abuses on the way. We want to make child trafficking, you mm-hmm. know, like safe, legal, and uh, and 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 affordable, you know, because it's un- unfair that we have to go through all these things. Like it's like it's absurd to think that they they could talk like this. A lot of these people have become just ice cold. They have no no compassion whatsoever for a human human being and they can't be talked into it but this is what they're talking about yeah killing a human child Mm -hmm. and of course like what she's referring to like she's like oh like we have to make sure it's safe because oh my gosh like people were dying in droves before roe v wade that is not true no it's been fact checked it was been fact checked it was a lie promoted by the by the national abortion rights association league NARAL, but yeah. and it was promoted by an individual by the name of Bernard Nathanson, and he was a prominent abortionist. And then he actually became pro-life. And when he became pro-life, he revealed, and he was had this bombshell testimony where he said, "Yeah, we made it up. We yeah. made it up to try and push the idea that these illegal abortions were common and that they were killing tens of thousands of women a year when it wasn't even close to true. Nope, it was killing right. maybe a couple dozen a year." Which is the exact same amount that "quote unquote" legal abortions were doing in the exact same time span. Yeah. So if you, if you were, yeah, it's yeah. it's a complete and utter bogus lie that they yeah. that they keep pushing because it doesn't make a lick of sense. It was yeah, never like true, a, and it will never be true. 
I'm sorry, treating treating children like like dogs. Yeah. Like literally, that's what they're treating them like. It's like you take your dog. I like I don't I don't I can't afford my dog anymore because I'm, you know, moving to a different place. My house is smaller. I'm gonna take my dog to, uh, you know, like a local vet, and they're just gonna put him down. Yeah. What's that? The key language to, uh, kill your dog. Yep. Right. We should not treat children like that. No, no, we should not. Mm -hmm. But that's the way that these people are trying to talk about. And that is our shoot check. (laughs) We've, I, I, I know we had said at the beginning of the show, we're like, yeah, we're not going to like confine ourselves. No, we have to confine ourselves because we're already 40 minutes in. And it's like, (laughs) we have time constraints and we have to abide by at least some of them. You're so totalitarian, Steve. Oh, Putting shush. in rules. How dare you? Putting in rules that say that we have to abide <laughs> by the most basic of principles of time <laughs> conservation. I'm sorry. You Nazi. How dare you? Oh, my gosh. That's a fascist. <laughs> so let's talk about places that are actually fascist in our rants of the week. So let's talk about Australia. Australia. Let's jump right in. Okay, jumping into Australia. So, this Rise of the Week is going to be about Australia and how Western nations are not... They're not attacking them, they're not defaming them, they're not even broaching the possibility to be like, hey, we need to, like, take steps to ensure that people in Australia have human rights. It's like, no, 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 we want to emulate them. Mm -hmm. So this is what Australia is doing and unfortunately, the rest of the world just does not care, or they're like, "This is a good thing." So, th- so horrible. Oh, that's it's a terrible story. So, three arrested after scaling fence of Australian COVID quarantine compound in the middle of the night. Officials said the teens did not come into contact with the officials at large. Who cares? That's, that's, that's totally concerned. So, they've been arrested after escaping from a quarantine facility in the middle of the night. Australian police said the three boys, aged 15 to 17, scaled the fence at the Howard Springs Center near Darwin on Tuesday. They arrested them after launching a manhunt on Wednesday. All of them had tested negative. Why on earth would you launch a manhunt for people who tested negative? Uh It's like, you're all insane. So the police chief said that the teens were from the Binjari community near the town of Catherine. They had been sent to their... The Howard Springs facility is they were close contacts of a positive case, but they themselves were negative. The police commissioner, Jamie Chalker, told the media that the three were found on the edge of the city while the police chased them on foot. They said there was a very low risk to the community. The health risk of the community was very low, so that does give cause for comfort. He, however, added there was absolutely no excuse for the actions of these three. No, there was every excuse. Yeah. Like, let's let's talk about this. These were children. Mm-hmm. You're illegally, like, this should be illegally confining children in a government facility who have done no crime, who were not COVID positive cases. You're literally just putting them in because of this vague notion of contact tracing, even though they've tested negative. Yeah. So they have no reason whatsoever to be there. And then when they eventually are like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of here because this is basically prison. Mm -hmm. You're sending innocent children, teenagers to prison because of your nonsensical and stupid COVID laws. And then when they get, they break out in the middle of the night because, duh, you quarantine kids by themselves. They're going to want to break out. 
By the way, Stephen, can you um, can you, I don't know if you can uh, add a new tab. Can you look up what uh, Binjari community is while I uh, talk about this? Because sure. this is something that I didn't realize this when I first read the story, and I'm like, oh, this is even worse than I yeah, thought. Yeah, they're aboriginals. They're aborigines. This is uh, so. Um, I saw this video, um, uh, like a, an appeal. This is from an, an elder in Australia. He's from, he's from the Binjari community. The Binjari community is Aborigines. These are like people living on like reservations, just like, you know, here in Canada, uh -huh. we have the, our, our First Nations and the States, they have their, their native groups and all that. This is their, like, one of the oldest, like, you know, like um, Aboriginal communities on earth. And they are being they were being used as test subjects for uh -huh. all these COVID measures, and they were like pretty much the first ones being targeted for for like these COVID uh, like quarantine camps because they don't want to be experimented on. Uh -huh. So this is even worse. This is not this is the, this isn't even these aren't even uh, white kids from some privileged neighborhood. That's what yeah. I thought first. I was like, okay, these are maybe like some three white kids no. from some privileged, like, you know, like, you know, like a community in Australia um, that just don't want to be like locked in and all that. I'm like, no, this is worse. This is like Aborigines. These are like the most like vulnerable people uh, already like, you know, being like treated like, you know, like, like test subjects. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're locking them up without a proper justification. And the only thing that they care about in this independent article, which is just like, it's, it's horrible. Oh, it's it's like, do you care about like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Like, you know, the children they, they, were caught. They, they they were caught and they didn't infect anyone. It's like, why are you even like talking about that? Like the whole the story here, story here should be how this sounds way too much like what's what happened in the ghettos during World War Two. I'm I'm sorry. Well, this like, this sounds like the, the Australian the, the Australian COVID residential quarantine zone. Yeah, this we're right back to internment. Yeah, which is what they did with uh, the Japanese American or Japanese Canadians here in the states. Also in, in the states, they did the same thing in tournament. They uh, they they did that with the Italian Americans and the German Americans and, and Canadians here as well. Like this this is a dark dark spot in our history. I I don't know if you you grew up with a history class in, in high school. We always talked about this with shame. We're like, yeah, this was terrible. Mm -hmm. I can't believe we're always like, oh, I can't believe we did that. Like, oh man, like you know, like I'm so glad we're like. We're not we're not like that anymore. We're like past oh that goodness, barbaric so stage of we're our past civilization. That barbaric stage and like, oh yeah, guess what? We're going right back to it. And we're right like back to it. Running to it with open arms. And oh, our and happily. their main concern, their only concern is uh oh these darn stupid selfish kids. It's like yeah. no, the what you're doing here is a horrible and evil mm -hmm. and should be condemned. Yeah. yeah. Well it's it's the exact same as this next. Like this is a clip from a freedom protest in Melbourne. And this is what the COVID cops do to, I think this woman was about, this girl was 16. And she's simply looking for her friend and manages to have this like passing interaction with the cop and watch what the cops do. Where the young lady was walking around looking for her friend that was just arrested. You could clearly see her looking around trying to find her friend. And a cop goes full bang. He shows me on the floor and no one, no one. Will ever hold him accountable. Yeah, like this is the actions of someone who's mad with power. Mad with power. And like like the government is not willing to step in because the government fully endorses the actions of these cops. 
These yeah, cops have the full authority of the Australian government, and the Australian yeah. government just does not care. Yeah, just in case anybody that wasn't able to see that, uh, what happened was that girl walked was just walking around the middle of a protest, and the cop literally took his took their hands and shoved her backwards, and literally threw her about what you what, can like, kill five. someone doing that. You can, you can like people people have gone. It's not common, but it, oh yeah. It can it can happen if you smack your head pretty hard. Oof. That's that's a full brain injury. It's a brain bleed. You, you it's can brutal. Break your, you can break your wrists. I mean, I I've known friends who've had serious injuries on snowboards falling like that. Oh, it hurts so bad. It's a very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing. And where wrist like, guards are right when you're snowboarding. Yeah. Um. Like here's okay. <laughs> here's one thing. Here's one thing I've always been mad about is that cops are untouchable. They are literally untouchable. They can do whatever the crap they want to somebody, and they're and the only avenue that that regular public gets is you can make a complaint. Yeah. But here's one of those situations where I think those complaints are absolutely futile, and this is why you get police officers that feel that they can get away with this nonsense. And this has been happening here in Canada too. Mm -hmm. I I truly believe this is one of those very few instances where. I believe, and I absolutely like would would back anybody up. That cop who pushed that girl and did that thing, mm -hmm. if if a if a group of twenty and thirty men, actual men, like saw that, they would grab if they grabbed that that cop and beat the crap out of them. I would be fully behind that. I would because that cop does not deserve the the, the, the any any kind of like leniency at all. Any any no. you've just literally beat somebody yeah in the street for no reason you don't deserve the the benefit of the like and this is this is basically like the mob by like this is like you know how like the the uh antifa is terrible because they do swarming yeah you know like the whole cold cow ribbon house is like oh you yeah, should have cops are no difference no they're no different because they are all about swarming it's like we have a giant group of us and we are like we we will like to attack you in a big room. Yeah, we'll attack you in a swarm. They 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 they're, they're doing swarming tactics. Do you know why they don't they they in a lot of Western countries they refuse to go into a lot of Muslim areas because the Muslims don't put up with that crap. As much as I hate that that's happening, like the, it is a it is a decent deterrent. So like mm -hmm. cops know like no, you do not mess with like the Muslim yeah. community. They will swarm you. And they have no problem beating the crap out of you if you if you like you mm -hmm. know push push the line. And, and and there's a part of me that actually feels like this this almost needs to be some kind of a pushback because these cops are getting away with like absolute garbage, oh, and yeah. there's no pushback on them. And I, no I, I believe that, that individual cop deserves a beating because that mm -hmm. is horrible behavior. Oh yeah, and the fact that they're going to get away with that is really terrible. Well, and it's it's not just the actions like the cops are merely they are the tools used by the government. Mm -hmm. And the government has endorsed every single one of these actions. And one of the most problematic things, and the reason why we're doing the Rants of the Week on this, is that Australia should be seen as, should be seen by the world as the do not do that, that is horrific, that is unjustifiable. This is basically as close as we've ever seen in the past 20 years to fascism. And we should stay arms and legs away from that. And we should be seriously pondering the idea of sending in like actual forces to be like, hey, like you guys need to smarten up, or there's going to be serious consequences for your violations of basic human rights. 
The only problem is that nations are not doing that. They're not even contemplating it. What they're doing is they're looking at Australia and they'd be like, Australia had no cases for a while. Hey, look at them. They got this. Yeah, like, they got this. They're an island nation that's completely isolated, but we should do everything that they did because that will... We can emulate this even though we have one of the biggest land borders in the world. Even though we have a nation that is landlocked. We're talking about some of these places in Europe. And so these places are enacting harsher and harsher penalties and more strict rules. Like we just talked about a couple weeks ago about how Mm -hmm. Austria is contemplating and they're pushing the idea that if you get caught outside without a vaccination card, that you'll be taken to jail and they'll forcibly inject it into you. Mm -hmm. Germany is talking about doing the exact same thing. This Mm -hmm. is evil totalitarian BS. Mm -hmm. And this is not the way in which we should be going. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be trying to emulate them. We should be trying to decimate them. Yeah. To make I mean, sure that I, they know that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, at the very least, like, you know, like, remember, like, the, the Hong Kong protests mm-hmm. that happened, like, in 2019? Those were terrible. The they police were. were, like, abusing uh, protesters. They were, like, being denied all sorts of things. They were being detained for all sorts of, like, nonsense reasons. Uh, the French protests, like, the Yellow Vest protests, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, the government was cracking down hard. Like, there was, like, I mean... Those things were like legitimately, like you know, uh, like condemned because they should. Oh be. yeah, they should be. These are the things that like the government is overreaching. The government is abusing their own citizens, and you know, in the past, this would have been a, a an easy economic sanctions at the very least. Yeah, it's like you are doing some really horrible, like you know, crimes, and you know, like that is good reason for economic sanctions, uh, if not like full on, like you know, like this needs to stop kind of yeah. thing, right? Like military the- peacekeeping forces. Yes, and and that that police officer there uh, really really signifies the major problem here, mm-hmm. which is when like absolute like you know power you know how power corrupts like absolute power yeah. corrupts absolute like that that works in small and large scale yeah. like uh, that cop felt they they could do that because they know that they're going to get away with it mm-hmm. they know that there's not going to be any repercussions for them they know that they have their little gang of like you know thugs along their side and they know that the law's on their side and. Really, they're they, they're gonna get away with it. And like that girl knew it; she knew it. Yeah. And the, the the Australian police and the Australian government, they know that like the more power that they get, the more like they like oh, yeah, like oh, like I can. And this is why you need to have checks and balances for exactly this kind of thing. They are demolishing all checks and balances, mm-hmm. and this is not gonna end well. And like this is what why we always say like. Okay, comparisons to the Holocaust are like you know like they they they're wrong in the sense that mm-hmm. that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're heading there, but we are heading to a bad place. Yeah, you know, like anytime you get this kind of stuff happening, it doesn't lead to good mm-hmm. outcomes. Yeah, and we don't know if the outcomes like the worst case scenario obviously could be like the same thing as like concentration camps getting rid of the undesirables, or it could be just as evil in different ways like you know like america had the trail of tears you remember what happened to trail of tears Stephen? that's where like they had an entire community entire community of native people living Mm -hmm. in florida they were all citizens yeah and then the the government unilaterally decided you're an inconvenience and so we're going to grab you all and we're going to march you force march you to this middle of nowhere and you know like you know get just you know you remove the problem and that was a huge, huge black mark in human history. It's, it's mm-hmm. not considered to be one of the worst atrocities done 
to the yeah. native people in in human history, mm -hmm. and this is what they're doing in Australia. Yeah, like this doesn't lead to good outcomes. No, it doesn't. And one of the really interesting things is like people are like the radical left in the United States is uber concerned about police brutality in the United <laughs> States because they think that this is this massive problem. It's not a massive oh, problem in the well. United States, but it is a massive problem in Australia, in Canada. We're mm -hmm. seeing a massive issue with police brutality. Mm -hmm. It's mainly focused against those who are going against these nonsensical COVID rules. Mm -hmm. The police, when it comes to these to those who violate COVID rules, they self-justify the fact that they can do anything they want. And they can do it without any scrutiny. Like, there was no listed punishment when that cop in Calgary hacked off that guy's skates and tried to taser a kid simply because he was asking what crime he committed. That cop faced no punishment. That is an embarrassment to any sort of notion of human rights and justice. But these people don't care. And they never did care. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. Like, you know, there's, there's the three Ds that, uh, like, you know, that, that people need to remember that, that are going on right now that are really dangerous. These are dangerous things. If you start seeing these in any society, whether it's here in Canada, whether it's in some country in Africa, whether it's That's in some country in, like, North, in, in North, Eastern Europe, the three Ds are demonization, dehumanization, and demoralization. Okay? Three Ds. Anytime you see any one of these... You need to be really worried because these three lead to horrible outcomes. Demonization is when you start demonizing an entire segment of society uh, and turn everyone against them. We yeah, saw that in Nazi Germany. We saw that in, in uh, the Rwandan genocide. We saw that in uh, Pol Pot's um, Cambodia. Mm -hmm. They demonized an entire segment of society, said they're the ones to blame. They're the ones that are causing your, your, your problems, your ills, and all this kind of stuff. Dehumanization is when you start treating people and you start like talking about them like they're subhuman. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, the whole slave trade was based on dehumanization, yep. abortion, kind of thing abortion, dehumanization, talking about those that they're not real human beings. Finally, demoralization. When your government is basically like like forcing its own citizens to and, and oppressing them to such a degree that they are trying to literally kill their spirit or any any semblance of fight, a pushback or fight, you have to be very careful. This is why I supported Pastor Arthur here in Calgary when he yelled at those officers because what they were doing is they were harassing him. People don't realize that they this is this this has been a long process of trying to wear him down through constant harassment, constant enforcement, constant uh, threats, and all that kind of stuff. It's meant to demoralize. Any government that, that does that, that tries to use demoralization as a tool to try mm -hmm. to stop dissent, is you need to be very scared and very worried about what that government is doing. All three yeah. of these are happening. Oh, yeah. And they're happening. It's not rare. It's common. But that's yeah. kind of the way things are looking, unfortunately, right now. Mm -hmm. It's a good warning but sign for people. It is a good warning sign. And one of the really sad things is that there are some people in the States where this is not happening so frequently 
who are wanting things to get closer to what it looks like in Australia. <laughs> and one and these are very prominent individuals, and one of them is our douche of the week. Let's talk about it. Douche of the week. Okay. So CNBC hosts suggest nationwide vaccine mandate. Have the military run it. My goodness. CNBC host Jim Cramer expressed outrage at Americans who have refused to get vaccinated against the coronavirus and suggested the White House consider creating a universal vaccine mandate for all people in the United States. So we're going to watch the video and then. Yeah, Let's it's. Take the guy apart. Yeah, just take him apart. This guy is take him out. an absolute douche. Lord knows what happened if you didn't partake. But back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately. Because we knew that person could hurt other people. The commonweal was a, a commonweal. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID, and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down? We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue? The right to get sick and get other people sick? So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. <laughs> My goodness. Need to help in the war horrifying. War it's not a war effort. It's not a war <laughs> effort. Like, this guy just spews a whole bunch of things that are completely nonsensical. First off, he compares it to polio and smallpox, and he's like, people would have been horrified in the 1950s because, like, you knew who was being bad. You knew who wasn't taking it. And it's like, well, A, let's talk about several major differences between the smallpox vaccine and smallpox and polio vaccines and this vaccine. A, safety testing. How long did it take for those vaccines to get certified, Danny? Uh, five to ten years. Yep, exactly. And they went through rigorous testing. Mm -hmm. How long did it take to get the COVID vaccine through? Uh, less than a few months. Actually, no. They they had the the sequencing ready for the vaccine. Uh, I think it was like in a couple days after they after they discovered the virus. The virus. Yeah. And but they the were done safety oh. testing. With well, they were done like phase one safety testing mm -hmm. in what four to five months. Four to five months. It was just ridiculous. So that's that's a lot faster. That's yeah. three, 15 times faster. Yeah. So do not try and compare this to the, these type of vaccines in terms of safety profiles. Let's it, talk it about like like hold on. I just for that point, I want to add to that point. Imagine like someone was like, "Hey, want to get into my my this brand new car?" It's like uh, they skipped all the safety testing. They, uh, That's they, why it's they, so cheap. They, they ignored all of the, you know, like, you know, like, we don't need those, like, crash test, like, testing. We don't need uh, the regulations from, like, all these boards and all that. We just skip all that just to give you a great price. Like, I ain't getting into that death trap. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's like, and, and this is from a company also that is, has a record of horrible, yeah. horrible, like, you know, like, abuses in their record for, like, making cars. It's like, would you get in that car? It's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I would. Actually, that reminds me of like an old video that they had in one of the first Top Gear series. And they're like, is cra is like safety testing and safety ratings important? They're like, this vehicle. And so they showed like the vehicles 
after being in like a head-on collision at like 50 miles an hour. And it's like, this vehicle is a five-star. It has some frame damage, and but the users are fine. And like, this vehicle had a one-star. The gas pedal went through the crash test dummy's crotch <laughs> and like crushed their, crushed their thigh. Uh-huh. Request like their hip bone uh-huh. and their pelvis. Hmm. And it's like, yep, yeah, so you you're basically bleeding out and you're gonna die. Guaranteed. Oh, and by the way, the people who made that car, they can't be sued. Well in real <laughs> the manufacturers of that car were sued. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying But it's basically this, like, yeah, in the in this comparison, they can't be sued. But moving on sued. moving on to the next comparison, it's like, okay, well, if you're gonna compare it to smallpox and polio. What's the fatality rates? Do you know what the chance of being paralyzed from polio was, Danny? Uh, what was it, like 50% for like polio? I forget. I don't no. actually polio. Studied. Chance of being paralyzed is 1 in 200. Okay. Chance of dying if you were paralyzed mm-hmm. is 1 in 5, I think. Mm. Yeah. And so, and then of course, that's if you get it as a child. If you get it as an adult, it's like 20 times higher. It's like the chance of being paralyzed is like one in 10. And the chance of dying is like one in four. Once if you get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, we have comparable stats to that. Like with the, like, you know, like what was it like? Uh, kids have a six times higher chance of getting myocarditis mm-hmm. with these vaccines. And you know what the, uh, if you get myocarditis, you know what your chances are of dying from in, a heart attack like, within, five, within five years. Ten percent. I remember looking at this number: fifty percent. Fifty percent of people who get myocarditis will die within five years of getting it. And of course, a lot of myocarditis like, that you're getting is under is like, it's not easy to detect right off the bat. No, it's not. Because it, you'll just have it, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I have myocarditis, and it's serious, and it caused a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, smallpox. Smallpox had a fatality rate of 15% mm-hmm. for everybody. So to compare those vaccines to this shot is idiotic. Yes, people had a justification to be concerned about these diseases because they were really scary. But this one, it's a bunch of fear-mongering. And he's like, oh, yes, like, if you don't take it, then you have to prove you're a conscientious objector. Do I have to prove that I'm a conscientious objector before I take the flu vaccine? If I don't take the flu vaccine every year? No. Because we know by this point, since it's been around for decades, the flu vaccine is not that effective. It's about 70% effective in preventing you from acquiring the flu. But it's, it's not perfect. Whereas, also with COVID, with these shots... It's not a perfect guarantee that you're not going to catch COVID. You have the exact same ability to transmit COVID. We covered this on Tuesday and in other shows. Yep. So saying the military should get involved to run this program mm-hmm. is not just idiotic. It is downright manipulative and evil. Hmm. Like you're trying to invoke the military to control a segment of the population. Not that's dangerous, but simply that you don't like them. And what's what's the only way to describe that that I can think of? Totalitarian, fascist nonsense. Yeah. This this, this is uh, 
So this guy is a perfect example of somebody who has not taken a serious look at the potential, like, you know, like implications of what he's advocating for. Mm -hmm. Like, and this happens all the time. And I hate to say it, but like, this is the kind of person that the, the Soviets used to describe as a useful idiot. Mm -hmm. Now I'm saying that the, the concept of useful idiot is somebody who is obviously not very smart or very thoughtful, but they're useful for the people who are trying to like, you know, uh, get their, their, um, their, their policies forward. Right. Yeah. So what is going on with this guy is he hasn't thought about the implications of what he's asking for. No. First of all, once you like, for example, people don't, don't know this, but like after nine 11, uh, what did they start doing? They, they invoked uh, the Patriot Act, which is basically a form Oof. of martial law. Right. Mm -hmm. Guess what? People don't know this. It still hasn't been repealed. It no. is still in force. And it's still the penalty for violating the Patriot Act. What's the penalty, Danny? I don't know. That you know that death. Hmm. Like, that's why. What is it, Edward Snowden? Yeah. And oh, what's that other? Guy? The WikiLeaks guy, Assange. Yeah. They're facing the death penalty if they come back from their extradition countries. Mm -hmm. Like that's ridiculous. That's Patriot Act. That's the Patriot Act. Like and this is the reaction that governments mm -hmm. take. In response to perceived threats, yeah. is extremist ideas. Yeah, this is the kind of this is the kind of guy who you know, like. You, I don't know if you ever seen that scene from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They take that the Ark out to the middle of nowhere and they open it up like you know, like idiots, not knowing the implications of what they're like unleashing and all that. But their faces melt, you know. Of course, like they're doing. But this guy doesn't realize the the stupidity mm -hmm. of his of his suggestion. He's like, oh, this is really helpful for me because I hate those stupid dehumanized uh, anti-vaxxers, so-called. And, uh, you know, I want the government, I want to give the government full power to go after them, not realizing that by doing so, the second he becomes an, uh, an inconvenience an, an, yeah. or in, in, in a, like, it no longer becomes useful to the government in force, come for you've, now, you've now opened a Pandora's box that you can't unseal. Well, yeah, yeah and of course, like, like the government, yeah. if you are someone that convinces others and is like a voice... Then even if you don't say something that, that that you disagree with the government, the government will come after you anyway because you have the potential to do it. That's what totalitarian governments eventually do. It's like, well, they have a voice, so eventually they might become a problem for us. So we're going to minority report them before they become a problem. Mm -hmm. And so all yeah. these useful idiots in the media and all these useful idiots in prominent popular culture are just hastening their own demise and hastening their own canceling by council culture. Yeah. I mean, look at any any socialist guy. Like, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, that started with the... Uh, who was the original um, leader of that? Uh, uh, Leon Trotsky, obviously. Yeah. Lenin? Uh, but Lenin, yeah. Like, uh, Vladimir Lenin. He was the... They were the architects of this revolution. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Like now, like this, this like mad power. Do you have like this unlimited power? Suddenly, guess what? There's a lot of competitors for that power because people are all about like getting power. And so suddenly, Lenin and Trotsky both got offed yeah. by people who were more ambitious and more will more ruthless than they were. And this is all this this nonstop like you know like uh, thing that happens in all all throughout the the Soviet Union's history. It was just like this escalating nonstop escalation 
of like we're gonna kill people who are a threat. People, that's what that's what Stalin did. That's what Khrushchev mm-hmm. did. It was just like it was basically like this battle for the top, and people were constantly being uh, threatened and killed if they they ran afoul of the government. That's what this guy's advocating yeah. for, and I don't think he even realizes. Thank you, Comrade Klamer. Oh, right. You have like served it. your country well. <laughs> and 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 here's the thing. They they always like to frame it like so. This guy likes to frame it like it's like we're we're like we we're the ones looking for solutions. You're the one standing in the way of solutions. It's like no, we all agree. Okay, what is our goal? Reduce the uh, the death toll of this mm-hmm. this vaccine. I agree. We just disagree about the solutions, and he's not even willing to talk. He's like conversation over, debate over. You're yeah. wrong. I, mm-hmm. I get to throw the government and people with guns at you yeah. because I and don't we should like... only listen to the experts that I like. Yeah. And, and this is the problem is that the people like him stupidly don't know, don't, they don't know enough about the science. It's like that guy last, like our, our last, uh, Tuesday, that HHS secretary, Xavier Brixera, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, that guy's an idiot. Yeah. Like he, he shouldn't be in this position. He doesn't even understand basic, uh, no, like he understands, but he doesn't care. Yeah. Right. But that's the problem is that people who are using ignorance or intentionally ignoring science because they just want power. This guy, like he's not, he's not after power, but he's just, he's stupid enough that he thinks that, uh, you know what, let's just do, let's just really unleash all of the restrictions, like stop any protections and just let them go nuts not realizing the incredible, yeah. like you know, destruction and uh, and force and and craziness that he could unleash on the entire country, yeah. like it's just it's absolutely this is what happens. This is yes. what happens, and hence yeah. that is why he is our douche of the douche week. Of the week. All right, that's coming to the end of today's show. It's a bit of a shorter episode, but we still covered a lot of vital things, and we went on for a while on some of these rather interesting topics. Oh, they're good. So if you're following us on our various platforms, continue to do so. That'd be great. Continue to watch. Continue to share these videos with your friends. Comment, subscribe, the whole shebang on BitChute, YouTube, Rumble, and a little bit on YouTube as well. If you're following us on our podcast platforms, then don't comment because we're not going to see it. But please share and subscribe and all that jazz. (laughs) If you want to contact us, you can send us an email and you can get a hold of us via theshrewddudes.com, which you can find the link of course, in any of the descriptions of our videos. And you can also find more and more resources because Danny just keeps posting them because this is a labor of love. It is. So I love you guys. I think that's all going to, that's all we have for today. Danny, cue us out. <laughs> so here at Shrewd Dudes, um, we always have to remind you, why be rude when you can be shrewd? All right, everybody. Yeah, have bye, a great bye. weekend. Bye. And as always, God bless. God bless.